Well, I'm standing here, my favourite bit of forest, patching woods on the outskirts of Worthing. You can hear a thrush in the background singing away. Several other birds as well. Beautiful. Thought I'd record an intro to the podcast. Actually, this would probably be the best bit of the podcast. Didn't really think that through. Now I think about it. Anyway, welcome to the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. So, um, well, I don't need to welcome you to episode 115 because apparently Joe's gone solo and, uh, you know, that's how it's going to be, is it? It's yeah, a well. solo show now. <laughs> don't get tetchy. I just thought you'd like to hear the bird song, that's all. This is mid-faith crisis, not Joe in nature. <laughs> Honestly, ever since you met Brian Draper, you've been a changed person. He's turned your head. Yes, he has. <laughs> I don't need you anymore. No. <laughs> You holding me back. That's true. That is true. <laughs> anyway, that was uh, very nice. That was very peaceful and oh, it's great. Evocative. However, mm. I shall do one next week now. From a, good. From a, I shall choose a special place and do my own intro. Thank you. That be that would be beautiful. It's in I a look world forward go. to it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Great. All right. But um, anyway, how are you? Uh, oh, I'm dead on my feet. <laughs> how are, are you? you? No, I'm just tired. Um, yes. Tired. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blah 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 blah. Yes, well, you are very busy. It doesn't seem to be letting up at all. No, but it's not just that. It, well, yes, it is letting up. I mean, the, the very busy kind of two two to three mm. weeks has come to an end, basically. So mm. that's good. But, yeah, no, I had all these dreams of lockdown. I'm going to write those guides oh, yeah. that we've threatened mm. to do and, you know, mid-faith crisis guides for groups. And I was going to... I had so full of good intentions. Nothing has come to pass. And I'm a bit fed up about that. But, no, that's all right. Yeah. Yes, I think it's the same, really. I, for me, although for different reasons, I'm I, the only thing I'm burying is a book. But you know, um, as I said, probably said before, I think I've been relaxing harder. You know, because yeah. there's not been stuff yeah. to do. But I have been working yeah. quite hard. But yeah. on the other hand, is you know, those people who aren't working are in a parlous well, state. Some of them, you know, they haven't got a job. So you know, we yeah, should know. You know, yeah, be know. aware of that. Exactly. I, I understand how tired you are. It's great what you do, and you are technically, of course, a key worker, aren't you? I am a key worker. So will you be taking the applause tonight? Obviously, yeah, I know. I will be, of course. <laughs> I do like to bow as people <laughs> applaud. <laughs> I'm not a very glamorous, not a very sexy key worker, though. It's not like being a nurse or something like that, is it, no. Doctor? No, no. Has it got louder? Oh, it's unbelievable. It's, it's got competitive, hasn't it? <laughs> competitive NHS applauding. It's like, first it was clapping, and then it was saucepans. Now, someone, someone within 10 miles of here has got... Like an air raid siren. <laughs> I mean, it's so loud. That goes off at eight yeah. o'clock. It's, just, it's a bit like one of those old Tarzan films. You know, all the birds fly yes, up and over. Yes. And it's, 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 it's just this extraordinary, deafening noise. And, and do people do that thing, that childish thing we used to do as schoolboys when you're trying to be the last person to clap? I, do, you know, I, I suspect that is going on, but I, I'm not playing that game. I just come in after what I consider to be long enough to clap. Yeah, after you've taken the applause for long enough. After, you don't wanna... after I've taken the applause. <laughs> you don't want to milk it for too long, do you? Thank you, everyone. I'm here all week. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what else has been going on? Uh, oh, I am very angry. Are you? That's yeah. now. Is it me? 
No, it's not you for once. Oh, good. All I did I've... was introduce the show from the woods. I mean, you need to get over yourself. <laughs> I know. No, it's not that. That that, that is irritating though. But it's not that. Yeah. Um, I I I bought um, a new laptop. Ah. Uh, which hasn't actually arrived. Oh. And and this was like uh, ten days ago now. Okay. And and the courier apparently is claiming it was signed for, which is very interesting because I didn't mm. sign for it. You know, mm. um, so and I think there's a whole chain of things that shows something's gone wrong. Somebody's trying mm. to cover themselves, but it's so hard to contact the people who I ordered yeah. from. It's, and it's very worrying because it's a very, very expensive yeah, yeah, laptop. It's a, it's a, yeah, yeah. So mm. you know, and you find yourself doubting when they first said that. Uh, they said, "Oh no, it was delivered and signed for on the sixth." Yeah, yeah you're thinking, was did it? I? Well, <laughs> yeah, did, I know. Yeah. Did I sign for it? <laughs> Am I going mad? You know, if I put it somewhere, but no, no, it's, it'll sort itself out, I suppose. But yeah. it's 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 very frustrating. So, as a laptop, you'll be able to enjoy touch typing on, is it? Oh, don't do that. That's you know what's happened with that. What is that? Actually, it's ruined my other kind of typing. <laughs> so it? now, no, so now, <laughs> I'm rubbish at both forms. <laughs> it's. It's it's such a mid faith crisis thing. You're unlearning in the hope that you know it'll it'll lead yeah. to something good, and it's just painful and and yeah. <laughs> and now I can't now I can't type anything. Yeah, it's a great metaphor for your life. It is. <laughs> how's Excellent. your um, how's your year going? How's your th- yes year thing? yeah the, well you know well being. I, yeah, I, okay. I, I, I think I probably scored disastrous. <laughs> no, I, I mean, you know, I think I've been enjoying the things I've been enjoying and some things have been better than ever this year. Birdsong has been better than yeah, ever. Yeah, it's been fantastic, hasn't it? Just the stillness of the garden and nature has been better than ever. But uh, I, I think uh, physically, okay, I've, you know, not put on a well, ton of weight which was the goal but I equally I haven't lost a ton either which was also the goal um uh so yeah it's 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 mixed I guess mm. How, you were yours was outside wasn't it yeah well actually that's been okay because particularly during the first sort of bit of lockdown mm. you know we were making you were trying to make mm. the most of it weren't you and making mm. sure that you went on your walk yeah. um you know so I actually I've done loads of walking this year mm. um and loads of gardening, so it's really helped from that point of view. So I don't think my theme has, has suffered. I think it's 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 going well. I'm really enjoying it. Mm. However, I have just taken delivery of not a laptop, but 850 kilograms of gravel. Have you? What are you yeah. going to do with that? Well, I don't know. I could bury one of the family members under it or something. I don't know. A, I've got a few bodies that need <laughs> hiding, <laughs> mainly of laptop delivery men. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> no, it's I I I'm going to do some stuff in the garden, but that's that's quite a lot of gravel. That's more than I was expecting. That is a lot of gravel. Yeah. So mm. uh, I don't, so I'll be a, a lot outside this weekend and probably unable to move after mm. that. Anyway, we should get on. Yeah, let's let's, we? let's get on. Yes, indeed. Okay. So and it's feed- a feedback show, really, isn't it? It is. This week? It is really. Yes, that's all we're capable of. So if you don't like the show, blame the quality of the listener. I think that's, yes, that's the yes. message. Here, Blame the messenger, it? which is you, listener, in this case. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> I'm glad we've established that, because yeah, yeah. now I can read this one from Leslie. <laughs> okay. Who says, hi, Joe and Nick. 
She says, hope you're both safe and well. We watch on from Australia with heavy hearts, hoping for a miracle at the very least sensible leadership and cooperation. Oh, yeah. Over here, restrictions are gradually lifting, each state choosing their own pace. In New South Wales, the pace will be slowest of all due to the size of the population and number of cases. I work in the public sector, have been working from home since late March, and we have been advised that public servants will be the last group to return to work, possibly three months away. Emotions are up and down. Jane calls it the Corona Coaster. I like that. That is great, isn't it? Corona Coaster, that's good. As I'm sure they are for everyone. Yes, this is a hard time, but I've learned to give myself lots of grace and go for long walks, one day at a time, one step at a time. God's love prevails. Yours in isolation and solidarity, Leslie. Thank you. Yes, I love that phrase, Corona Coaster. I like Corona Coaster. I'm going to use that. Thanks, Leslie. Your your Corona coaster is largely dips though at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> it you, is. you need a few of those high it's bits. It's all down. I think. Yes, exactly. It's all downhill. <laughs> okay, and then one from uh, Steve, who says this: uh, Hi, Joe and Nick. Uh, at the start of lockdown, it was suggested to me that I might like to listen to your podcasts. <laughs> uh, so I start. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a lot of enemies, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, he says. So I started at number one, and I'm now on fifty six. He says they're really good for listening to while doing Pilates, stretching the mind as you stretch out your body, so to speak. Pilates. Oh, yeah. Have you done Pilates? Uh, No, I can't say I have. I did it at work once because we had a a work group going and and that I found quite unnerving because you end up seeing your colleagues in a whole new light, as it were. In leotards. Yeah, 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 sort of looking up and... Yeah, anyway, we won't go there. But anyway, it's, it's quite good for you. Anyway, carry on, carry on. So, okay, so I'm sorry about that, Steve. Here we go. Uh, but you did say it, so it's your own fault. Hmm. He says, I think I've been in a mid-faith crisis of one sort or another for the past 40 years, but I'm pleased to say that listening to your podcast has A, replaced the Peter Carroll podcast. I couldn't even say it. That's how bad it is. <laughs> and, and, and B, rekindled an interest in the Bible and finding non-literal but meaningful interpretations of the wisdom therein. I've always been attracted to a Rob Bell type of snowflakey approach to faith and have read Love Wins at least seven times. Following on from listening to your wise utterings, I decided to start to read the Gospels again with a view to comparing historical facts from each and seeing what I could learn from that. However, I only got as far as Matthew 13 when I hit a blocker, the parable of the Darnell. Rob's book, Love Wins, has a very engaging chapter on hell. We make hell here as well as there. But in the references to hell and judgment, Rob seems to leave out this parable. Also, I don't think you guys mentioned it in your podcast on hell in the early episodes. But the parable itself and Jesus' explanation of it seems worryingly clear. The good guys go one way and the bad guys go another not so good for a snowflake like me i wouldn't even get anywhere near the blazing furnace described by jesus in my jerusalem bible translation can you help me out of my pit it'll be another few weeks of lockdown before i catch up with you on episode 120 ish but in the meantime keep on going cheers for now steve it is a bit of a tricky one i'll give you that it is the the, the basic view i have on this is uh, i don't know steve he's only on episode 56 i don't think Mm. he'll ever get here and by the time he does get here he'll probably have forgotten it anyway so yeah. you know there there is that opt out. We could just not not yeah. um yeah, exactly. not discuss it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think it is it is complicated. It is difficult. I just think you have to be really careful about apocalyptic language, yes. which is what this is, yeah. and and symbolic language, and turning that into a literal description of exactly. of what will happen. So when in the Bible people talk about you know burning and all this kind of stuff, they're, they're they're using a kind of 
symbolic language um, that half the time is implying, like when Paul talks about it, wrath and all this kind of stuff, half the time is implying what, what is actually happening to people at that moment, you know, that they're, they're in there. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have any easy answers to that one except to mm. say that I think you have to be very careful about applying that literally. And I think you, uh, yeah, well, that's good. And I, I think I'd also say always, when, when, you, when you stumble across a verse that seems very difficult, you know, always always refer back to the big picture. Fly out, fly above it, look down on it, look at the big picture of God's love, the dominant themes and everything. And the and the things that are going on immediately around that passage as well. And you know, Matthew's writing to people in persecution, so his language is, you know, quite harsh. Uh, at times and yet incredibly hopeful as well and I guess for me there's just lots of you know Jesus lots of time uses hyperbole and all kinds of things to talk about things I mean it's like when when people say well you know we take scripture very seriously and we do what it says and you know like I remember having this argument with someone who was being particularly obnoxious with me about a passage from the old testament uh, regarding our favorite subject and um I said, well, look, I'm not going to take you seriously on this until you come back to me with your right hand removed and at least one eye gouged out. <laughs> um, because, you know, I know I know you wouldn't want to say you haven't sinned. I know you have sinned. So, you know, please take the Bible at its word. And Jesus has commanded you to chop your hands off or gouge mm. your eyes out. So, mm. Mm. you know, then we can have a fruitful discussion about your literal interpretation <laughs> of the Bible. Listen, I, I think you have to wrestle with this. Yeah. I, the, the The thing is... Uh, you know, you have to look also at what conforms to the image of God as we see in yeah, Jesus, exactly which is right. something we're going to talk about later. Um, if you think that eternal burning of people conforms to mm. that, then I think you've got some, some, some difficult hurdles to get over, just as I have difficult hurdles to get over in terms mm. of looking at this passage and saying, OK, what if, if it doesn't mean that, what does it mean? Yeah, but, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. But he'll never get here anyway. The Pilates will do his back in, and you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that'll be the end of the podcast. Yeah, you know, and so that he won't do it. It'll be fine. <laughs> okay. uh, there's only two more. Come on, we can make this a short episode. Esther, Esther says this. Hi, Joe and Nick, and then blah 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 blah. In episode 113, Nick mentioned a kneeler. Ah, oh. uh, yes, we put the photo on Facebook. Hope you've seen that. And uh, and she says, and I thought I would share this story with you. When we first moved to England nearly 20 years ago from Northern Ireland, it was to a village just outside Cambridge where my husband was youth pastor. Our kids were teenagers and got involved in the village youth choir. Our son is a very enthusiastic drummer, nicknamed Animal from the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, every year Ely Cathedral would allow a huge youth event called the Rave in the Nave and our kids choir was taking part. Off they went full of youthful exuberance and came back many hours later hyped up and happy. The next day they were telling us all about it and saying they'd performed in the Lady Chapel. The Lady Chapel... Which sounds like a euphemism, I'm sorry. I'll get that out of the way. The Lady, <laughs> <laughs> the Lady Chapel is a large, beautiful, circular stone room with very echoey acoustics. So I think when the large choir plus instruments got going, it was pretty deafening. Our son had taken his very large set of congas. And again, and at some point, <laughs> in an effort to deaden them uh, a bit, he had stuffed his coat in the smaller one and a kneeler into the other one. It was at this point in the conversation that he suddenly looked concerned, left the room and came back with the kneeler. 
He'd forgotten to remove it from the conga. Yeah. The shameful part of this story is that we left the area soon after without going back to Ely. So 13 years on, that kneeler has been in Dorset, Yorkshire and is now in Birmingham. Just thinking it may not be appropriate to read that story out loud in case the cathedral police come looking. Too late now. If ever we visit Ely again, we have every intention of returning it. Alternatively, I could just embroider a souvenir from about the lettering that says Ely Cathedral. <laughs> Keep up the good works, guys, and never again suggest that one day the podcast might end. Much love, Esther. Thank you, Esther. Yes. <laughs> That's a well, good story. I, it is a good theft. story. I've got, an, I've got a, the, a hassock, I think they're called, aren't they? The things you kneel on. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and uh, Church Kneeler on mine. And I bought it at a car boot sale. Yeah. And I don't know where it came from, but yeah. you know it's got to have come from a church. It hasn't got anything. It hasn't got um, you know Ely Cathedral embroidered on it like Esther's. <laughs> it's it's just a plain, rather cheap one. But anyway, yeah, that's great. That's a great story. It is a good story. Okay, right. if, can we? I'll put a shout out. If there's anything else people have inadvertently stolen from sacred places, yeah, do write in and let me know. Yeah, exactly. All right, and then let me know. You come away from a retreat centre with <laughs> with a chalice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is good. Okay, and then uh, Gareth says this. He says, "Hi, Joe and N." And then in brackets, I couldn't be bothered to write the other oh. three letters either. Very, I like that. I'm like very that. busy, and every little helps. <laughs> Okay, in case you've missed out on this, uh, Nick always signs himself N at the end of emails because he can't be bothered to write Nick. Anyway, he says, something I'm wrestling with and I thought might be a subject to talk about. Uh, I'm training as a Methodist minister and we've just started the subject of Christology and who was Jesus. Discussing whether Jesus was God or not. Apparently, it's common for Christians to not believe Jesus was God, which flattened me and showed my ignorance. So I was wondering what you both thought on this. Has this been part of people's mid-faith crisis? And wondered whether any of your listeners have an opinion. Many thanks, Gareth. <laughs> well, what do you I... want? Where do you want to go with this, Joe? Do you want? Do you want church history? Um, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Come on, look. Give it to me. Well, I mean, it's true, actually. That yes. obviously the debates over the nature of Christ. You could argue this was the first sort of mid-faith yeah. crisis of the church, really, and it happens in the 4th and 5th centuries predominantly. Hmm. Lots of debates over the nature of Jesus, because it is pretty confusing when you when you think about it. You know, and the question is, you know, it was Jesus God, in which case how how hmm. far was he God? How much of it was he was he was yeah. he all God or no man yeah. or was he no so, man and all man and yeah. no God or and when did he become God? And yeah. all these questions start to rise in that time and you get all yeah. these councils that come up. Obviously. To, to try and uh, you know, come up to the correct definition. Um and, and, and that's where all the creeds come in. And the creeds are an attempt to give the precise sort of definition and they go on mm. but, but but even then they never really explain how it all works no so you have that's why you have that phrase in in the creeds of begotten mm. not made of one oh, subs- yeah. of one of one substance yeah. with the father begotten not made they're trying to correct something they're trying to say he's the same substance of the father he's begotten so he's still the son yeah but he wasn't made he wasn't created because otherwise, if he was if he was created as the son, then he's a lesser being than God. You see what I mean? It's all oh, yeah. it all gets very complicated, and uh, ultimately, it was sort of 
decided at the Council of Chalcedon, um, which I can't for the life of me remember when it was. It was the late late um, fifth century, I think. Four yeah, it's, something it's, like that. it's 469. Is it? No, but I just wanted to sound knowledgeable uh, on a bit of history. Once. Do you know what? A lot of this I have to look up in my own book because I can't remember <laughs> it. But anyway, um, uh, and of course, what Charles said, this is this is the this is the, the official designation. This is what everybody believes, and and even then, nobody, you know, a lot of people just said whatever, and they just went yeah, on carrying exactly. Well, it's just it. group of it, blokes. Yeah, well, they just went on. So you get the Nestorians, you mm. get the the monophysites, the all kinds of people, the Jack. Um, the Jacobite church, they used to be known, the Egyptian church. They all they all sort of split off and did their own thing anyway. Mm. Um, ultimately, you're dealing with complete mystery and really um, any attempt to give a sort of definitive explanation of it doesn't work. But he's right. There is, today there are things, people like Unitarians who believe that just there is one God and Jesus isn't, isn't, isn't holy God in that sense. Um, yeah. I'm sure there are others as well. I don't, I'm not an expert on sort of modern denominations yeah. like that no exactly and um y- you know i always think for me when when someone's trying to trip not that um in any way gal's trying to trip you up but when someone when someone asks you that question and people have asked me this question well do you still believe jesus is god you know it's very easy for me to say yeah of course i do of course i do i don't mm. then go on to say but i think pretty much every everyone is an image of god <laughs> you know because that, that'll just that'll just upset them um, but, you know, if, you know, God, and we, and we have covered this and we talked about this on the podcast, you know, it, Jesus was not Superman. You know, Jesus was 100 percent a human being. Um, otherwise, it, you know, everything becomes a little bit meaningless. Um, but but what does it mean to be a human being? I think that's that's the kind of bigger question at stake here. Well, I think it is important. I'd want to mm. keep on with that sort of borrowing away at that doctrine. I mean, mm. it's important that he is both, I think. Uh, you know, and I think that's really where the councils came to, that that it's not, you know, otherwise, if you just say, well, it's sort of God in this shell of a man, which was what one mm. sense came to, adoptionism, yeah. which was sort of God yeah. in a bod, it's been termed, yeah. you know, yeah. then then... It takes away the humanity. You have to have yes, the humanity. Yes. Otherwise, what is yeah. what meaning exactly. is his life for exactly. us? Um, yes, exactly. So others argued very strongly. One of my, um, one of the the um, was it Greg Gregory of Nazianzus? I think or somebody like one of the Gregories. He you know he argued very very strongly that was that the, was he, he the baker? He uh, yes, Greg's. That's right. Yeah, he he was great. He was <laughs> both a the theologian Gregs. and he made sausage rolls, yeah. vegan sausage rolls, and. Um, so he he, you know, he argues saying you've got to have the humanity because if you don't if you don't have the humanity, then yeah. how can he save humans? How can he be like one of us? Yeah. And at the same time, you Jesus expresses the divinity. If you've seen the Father, you've seen me, and yes, um, exactly. and and that I'm very strongly trinitarian. So you know, I think that's yeah. really important. Ultimately, I I don't know how it works. <laughs> Somebody once asked me, actually, because they, they, they came up to me after a conference and said, they said, you know Jesus was man? I said, yeah. And they said, you know Jesus was God? I said, yeah. I said, what percentage? Yeah, each? exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I said, seven. <laughs> Good and answer. Walked, and walked off. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> you, I think can't, people, you can't answer it, can you? I think you people think if you come down to hard on the side of you know, you know jesus was human 
that somehow you're you're sort of implying that he's no different from us, and then why would you worship him? Mm. To which to which I always think, well, I'm 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 going to be careful. Try and be careful how I say this, but I'm not sure how much we need to worship Jesus. I'm really I'm really not. I uh, I think we're meant to follow Jesus. I, you know, and what you believe about Jesus, you know, we could talk about this for hours and it wouldn't be that interesting. It would certainly be a, a long and boring podcast because does it matter what you believe? I mean, isn't it more important that you're a kind person ultimately? I mean, I, I, I'm sorry if I've gone a bit too liberal for you here, but I, I genuinely don't really, I just, I don't find this a fascinating topic of conversation. I don't think... You know the people who know me. I I don't think they're that interested in what I believe. They they interested if I was a horrible person, and they're interested if I'm a very kind person and a loving person. And mm. surely that is, you know, where it counts now. Post mid faith, are we becoming Christ-like? Is the critical question here. And if you're becoming Christ-like and you're saying, well, Jesus was human. You know, I think Jesus was human, and I'm following Jesus. Maybe he was God. I don't know. Or if you're someone who's saying, yeah, of course, Jesus was God. You know, that's really important to me to think that Jesus was God. Great. Are we becoming Christ-like? Well, I would say that um, I would say that the movement towards Christ-likeness is worship. That is what you're doing. You are. That's how you Mm. worship Christ is you Mm. seek to build Mm. your whole life around his presence, his teaching and his example. That Mm. is that is to give him his worth, to recognize his worth of it. And I think it does matter what you believe, obviously, in broad terms, because that is what informs you in in terms of Mm. making those decisions. That is what informs you in in terms of how direction your life goes. I agree with you. I don't think it matters in terms of the minutiae of Mm. these things. You know, I I don't believe that God... To come back to the earlier discussion about the the parable of the Darnel, I don't believe that you're going to be thrown into the burning fires of hell because you got, um, you know, your view of the Trinity a bit wrong. Or because, you know... Exactly. You know, because you were an Aryan... And that you were into Arianism as in the yeah. early church, or you were into something else. Um, it is about whether or not you're shaping your life. I think around Jesus, that's what makes us Christian. Yeah, I think, and that's that. That's important. Um, but I don't. You know, I think the other thing about this is what's the fruits. You know, and Paul was yeah. very strong on this. What What are the fruits that come out of it? And I think obviously, if you shape your life around Christ, then you are you are likely to to seek peace. And to mm. be kind, you're, you know, I'm not saying you're more likely to if you don't. I don't know, but I, I, I think probably you are. I don't know, uh, because I, because at least there's an injunction there for you to do that, really. And and there is, of course, the inspiration and the presence and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's the other part of of being a Christian that we we take um, the the Spirit's present for granted, and that's something that really um, shapes our lives. No, exactly. And I, I think that's that's for me why I've I've ended up with this position I have on beliefs that I don't, I'm not that interested in belief. I mean, I, just to take our own little expression of church soul place, you know, it would not bother me if you were an, you know, to all intents and purposes, an atheist, but wanted to join us. Bec- you know, you join us on the basis of, oh, I want to follow Christ. I want yeah. to follow Jesus, mm. the teachings of Jesus. Mm. So 
you know, what you believe about how God is and who God is and where that fits into all that sort of thing, you know, you, you mean the kind of pri the priority uh, criteria for joining Soul Place is you, you, you want to follow Jesus, I, you want to become a, the best person you possibly can be. You know, mm. you're following his vision of life, you know, what he called the kingdom of God, how he saw things. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the key thing, and we've often said that in the past, you know, that the kingdom of God mm. begins here and now. You know, yeah. in your life, it's not something that's coming into the future. I think, again, mm. it's changed if your view of salvation is of purely of where I go when I die. Yeah. Then, obviously, beliefs become quite important at that point if you believe mm. that there's some kind of heavenly exam to pass. Yeah. You know, and the, the result of various, mul various doctrinal multiple choice yeah. questions are going to be quite important. But if you believe that actually salvation is a, a movement towards God, it's a, it's a way of living and it begins here and now, then, yeah, I think that's possible with all kinds of, mm. of doctrine, yeah. doctrine yeah. going on. Well, but I think that to worship Christ mm. is to... Well I, well, I find it very helpful. I mean, the whole Trinity... I'm mm. very Trinitarian because I find yeah, the Trinity, yeah, the Trinity yeah. very helpful in, in helping yes. me to picture God. So if Jesus wasn't yeah. God, then I lose one of the most important pictures or persona as they called them in mm. in in the early church the sort of representation mm. of god and so that's why i think it is important that god is 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 loving community and relationship in and of itself is a very important yeah i think doctrine absolutely um, i yeah. i hold loosely to the definitions of father son and holy spirit or floaty thing as we i think irreverently called it in one of the <laughs> early episodes because as, as you irreverently because i don't it. think we're meant to hold it literally Mm. I think I think we we should hang on to what that actually means. Oh, community at the heart, loving, loving community at the heart of what mm. we call God. You know, that's an extraordinary and very inspiring and wonderful thing. And absolutely, what we shouldn't do is precisely what the church did do, which is to weaponize doctrine so that you become, yeah. you know, you choose who's in, who's out on the basis of that. And exactly. these councils, I mean, you know, these councils were appalling. Some. some Sometimes people were beaten to death out of them. They were really bad. You know, they were fist fights and everything because they took it way too seriously. You know, it, it became this yeah. literally a matter of life and death right here and now about what That's you, what you yeah. believed. Extraordinary. And, yeah. and then you think, oh, really, you have lost the plot. Never mind trying to define Jesus. You've lost complete any idea of who Jesus actually was and what he represented in that case. Yeah. Because it's broken, we've come back into that early stage of consciousness, tribalism, you yeah. know, an in-crowd and an out-crowd, and God's on my side, God clearly isn't on your side, and so... So you... it's quite possible, obviously, then, to, to in seeking to understand Jesus a great deal more, to actually understand him less. Yeah. You know, to actually really, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. to, 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 to have this, to seek to take the splinter out of other people's eyes, and you've got this great big beam in yours. Mm. Anyway, this was going to be Thank a short you. episode. Yes. Thank you for the email, Gareth. Excellent. Mm. Uh, great stuff. We can go on and on on that stuff. But, uh, you know, uh, I would say to you, if you're in training, I mean, your theology really does take a battering. Hang on to be being like Jesus. You know, mm. be loving, be kind, care for the people, stay behind, clear up the rooms, you know, do that stuff, clean the floor and everything, and you'll you'll learn an awful lot of college. Great. Um Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to all who support the podcast. If you would like to help the podcast, actually one of the best things you can do is recommend it to other yep. people via various, I believe they call it social media. 
Uh, yeah. Um, so do share it with others. I'll leave a review on the podcast supplier of your choice, iTunes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Th- those really help us as well. Uh, yeah. We really do appreciate it. We do. And do write in with any emails, any questions, any thoughts, any comments at joe at midfaithcrisis.org. Love to hear from you. Always love getting emails from you. And we do have a Zoom meeting coming up. Uh, So if you're interested in that, register your interest by just uh, sending me an email. And if you can put Zoom in the title, that will help me. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah, that's that's quite important to leave to the end here, isn't it? Yes, we've decided. Well... One of us has decided and the other one's being persuaded to go Zooming. <laughs> we are. So yes, indeed. Yeah. That could be an interesting moment. Anyway, um, yeah, that'd be great. So, uh, yeah, so what, you're, why don't you end this week? Because you sent me two sound files. I did. From the forest. I did. I came across this lovely Celtic prayer. Uh, so I thought, hey, this is good. So you, you really need to be listening in the morning, ideally, but... Hey, you'll enjoy the prayer anyway, and you'll definitely enjoy the bird song. In fact, my voice spoils it a little bit, so apologies for that, but it is a lovely prayer. So we end this week by handing over to Joe for the closure of what apparently is now his show. Thank you. Mm. Mm. Okay, so this is from Tess Ward's The Celtic Wheel of the Year. And it's a morning prayer, so best hear this in the morning. Living Presence. I come here this morning looking up at the sky, longing to see you and have my soul earthed in security. Embody yourself in all the life round me this day. May I recognise your loving hand as the events of today unfurl. May I be aware of you in the unlooked for moments with another. May I worship in the magic cathedral of the Bluebell Wood. May my spirit soar with the song of the Willow Warbler and Chiff Jeff. May my body feel alive with love as your spirit resides in me. May I trust your compassion in the struggles that I find within me. For though you cannot hold me, my body with your body, you hold my life in yours. Earth me securely in your love as I set forth this day. Amen. God bless you.